Let's read together. See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in former years. So Lord, open our eyes and open our ears to your truth. We love you. Help us to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll send a messenger who will prepare the way before me. God likes to have his space, and he created humans to like to have their space too. Don't you like your space? We even teach our kids, if they want space, they need to hold up their hand and say, space, please, space, space. I often get that from my daughter, Colette. Space, Dad. Give me space. I, ha- I shared a room with my brother Andrew, and I liked my space. I tended to be the tidy one. He tended to be the messy one. And I got fed up with it one day. I said, Andrew, from now on, this is the line between our room. That's your side. This is my side. I want my space clean. You can just mess your space up, up however you want it. And that's how it was. Adults used to like large spaces like this. Isn't that a nice house? Now, But now people... Instead of having a bunch of space, they'd rather want space that is meaningful and effective. So they tend to like desire longing to have a tiny house. Anybody want a tiny house? I know Dorothy wanted a tiny house. That's a nice looking house too. Which one's easier to take care of? Bigger doesn't matter anymore, but still space matters. A peaceful space. A space that provides warmth and fellowship. Some of you sit in a pew right now and you don't like getting too close and so you rather have your space. The pandemic has allowed us to sit further apart and stand further apart. And uh, I think people have had enough of their space and they'd like to get back to not being at least six feet apart. But our God is a God who likes his space as well. Not a sizable space Because God is too big for our minds to grasp. His being stretches to infinity and beyond, as Buzz Lightyear might say. He's too large for any physical space. Yet the same God was able to limit himself by taking on the smallest human form, an embryo. And when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit within the young virgin named Mary... God took up his space in his people. When I say God likes his space, what I mean is he doesn't need quantified space or measurable space. He wants qualified space. He does not want to be crowded around with other small g gods, the gods that we worship, that we hold as sacred in our lives. His very nature requires that this sacred space becomes his. 
Because when he moves in, he consumes everything around him that is not holy. He's like a blazing fire, a refiner's fire. And if you know anything about fire, it requires space. And anything in its, in its path will, cons- will be consumed, just like the wildfires that we've seen on the West Coast this past year. People, animals, all have to evacuate. And anything that does not move will be consumed. God is a consuming fire. He is a holy God. He's holy. He's separate. He's other. He's different. There is no one like him. He is a jealous God. He commanded the Israelites in Exodus chapter 20, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. I'm the Lord your God. In the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. He wants us to be his supreme love, to be our supreme love. He wants him to be our supreme love. There we go. And God is love. He desires relationship. He's a God who wants to live among his people and with his people. And ultimately in his people. We read in Exodus that God had Moses build a tabernacle or the tent of meeting with specific measurements and details which separated the place of worship and sacrifice from the rest of the town. The places where the the normal daily activities took place. Exodus chapter 40, verse 33. Moses set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar and put up the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard. And so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I have that picture here. That may or may not have been what it looked like, but perhaps. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In this tabernacle, there was a separate place, a sacred space for God called the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant rested. And only the high priest was allowed to enter this space once a year to offer the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. God is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He's a God of love. He is love and he wants to live among his people. But how can he do so? Unless there's space. Anyone who desires to receive this God must prepare the way, must prepare him room and create sacred space for him. There are many characters in the birth narrative and you, I know you've heard of... I went too far back, sorry. I know you've heard of Mary, this young virgin engaged to Joseph, who was approached by the angel Gabriel and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. You're going to be with child. The Lord's going to come upon you. She said, may it be just as you have said.
She prepared him room in her heart and mind by believing that God chose to give birth to the Son of God through her. And then her body created room for God. But before this happened, belief and trust had to come first. Her husband Joseph was going to divorce her quietly. But then the angel Gabriel came to him in a dream at night and said, Take Mary as your wife. What is within her is not from man. It was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He had to clear his reputation away and his worries and fears in order to make room for the coming Messiah in his life. And he took Mary as his wife. The little town of Bethlehem had no room. There was no place for them to stay except one owner of an inn said, I have a space, not the guest room, but another room, a room where I have the feeding trough of animals. You can stay there. There is no hospitality for the Son of God in the town of Bethlehem. But the owner of the inn gave what he had and created space for the birth of the Messiah. You've heard of the shepherds. The shepherds who were out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night, they were not expecting the Messiah, especially not that night. But the glorious announcement of the, from the angels caused them to jump up in fear, and they made room in their busy schedule of watching sheep. Shepherds aren't that busy, but they do have to watch their sheep. They made room in their schedule to travel into the city of David to visit the Savior who was born. And when they had seen him, instead of watching their sheep, they spread the news concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. Then the Magi from the east came, maybe in a big caravan like this, maybe it was just three of them. They meticulously observed the stars and they saw a special one. They reoriented their lives and set out on a long journey just to worship the one born king of the Jews. They were not Jews themselves, but it was revealed to them that this one born king of the Jews was also their king. And so they went to pay him respect and even more to worship him. Herod, you know this guy? Maybe that's what he looked like, maybe not. He wasn't going to allow this king of the Jews to enter into his space as king. He wanted to know, he wanted to know about this child, but he did not want to worship him. Instead, he wanted to kill him, to get rid of him. The definition of worship, here's a simple, there's many definitions, but this is a definition Worship is making space for God. You know about all these characters that I just listed, but do you know about John the Baptist? This wild man out in the wilderness wearing skins, eating locusts. His father was Zechariah. Zechariah. He was part of the priesthood who carried out daily priesthood duties in the temple, which is the more permanent vision, version of the tabernacle in Jerusalem. 
He was married to Elizabeth, a relative of Mary. His wife Elizabeth was barren. She couldn't have children. And she and Zechariah really wanted a child, so they prayed. And Luke 1 verse 8 says, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, by chance, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Zechariah was not in the Holy of Holies, the space that belongs to God, but he was just outside in that area called the Holy Place. The assembly of worshipers were praying outside in the courtyard. And when he began burning the incense, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he was gripped with fear. He was frozen stiff. He couldn't do anything. What would you do if you were in the church at night, burning incense, offering prayers? If any of you wanted to pray in the church at night, I'd let you in. Sometimes it's pretty cold in here. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared out of thin air. You would be freaking out. You'd probably run out of here screaming. The angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take any wine or other fermented drink and will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will be, he will bring back to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Which is really, that's, he's quoting the last verse of Malachi. He was relaying this message from the prophets Malachi and also Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse 3, A voice of one calling, In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up. Every mountain and hill will be made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all mankind will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Prepare the way. When you think about valley being raised up, mountain being made low, rough ground becoming level, we know that this is the societal redemption, God bringing justice over all the earth, raising up those who are, who've been oppressed, bringing down the oppressors. How in the world can that happen. There's no policies that are going to bring an end to it. There's no one government or many governments or no influential person that's going to bring it about. It is only by Jesus Christ who's coming again. Malachi, I just read it, prepare the way before me. Who can endure his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He's like a refining fire, a launderer's soul. Jesus is going to make it right. He's purifying, and anything that is unholy will be destroyed and consumed. And people say, well, I can't believe in a God who 
who judges, who condemns. If God is really there, he must be a God just of love. But here's the reality. God is a God of holy love. Isn't it, doesn't it bring hope to people who are oppressed that God will redeem them? God will release them from their captivity. And God will condemn the oppressor. There's hope in that. So the angel is saying to Zechariah, Zechariah, just as Moses created sacred space for the presence of God to dwell in this tabernacle, the same space which is just behind this curtain, so now your son's primary purpose is to create sacred space among the people because God is now going to live with them in the flesh. The word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. And I love the connection between I love the connection between the Exodus chapter 40 and John chapter 1. The Septuagint, the Greek word in the Old Testament is skene. The glory of the Lord filled the skene. And 114 says the word became flesh and eskinosin among us, the, the uh, passive tense. The Lord set up his tent among us. He tabernacled among us. Jesus came and he dwelt with us. Just as Moses set up the tabernacle, so you, your son, which is going to be born of a miracle, your son is going to prepare the way for the Lord so that Jesus can set up his tent here. Then how did John make room for the Messiah? He baptized with water, which is a baptism of repentance. He called all people to repentance. To repent, which you know means to turn. You're walking one way, you turn completely around, go the other way. You're away from God, you turn to go toward God. To repent is to change one's mind. And why does this matter? Of all the things that John the Baptist could have been doing to prepare the way for the Messiah, throwing a big banquet, getting the Roman emperor to put a huge festival on to make the Messiah's presence known, making Christmas cards, putting together conferences, posting on his Instagram, John's out in the wilderness, wearing camel's hair, eating bugs and honey, and preaching He's yelling at Pharisees, you brood of vipers. He's dunking people in the river, baptizing them. He's calling people to repent. Make way for the Lord. Repent so that you can be forgiven. Mark 1 verse 4, John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins.
Mountains brought low, valleys lifted up, rough places made plain. He's doing all of this by ushering in the presence of God in Christ, calling the world to repentance, saying the rightful king is coming. Let every heart prepare him room. He wasn't saying specifically that, but that's kind of what he was saying. Injustice only happens when people turn from evil and turn to Jesus. John the Baptist came for these reasons. I guess they didn't make it, make it on the page. I'll just give them to you. John the Baptist came. John 1.31 says, The reason I came baptizing with water so that, was so that Jesus might be revealed to Israel. And John's fulfilling his purpose that was proclaimed by his father to the angel Gabriel. It's proclaimed to his father by the angel Gabriel, the same angel who proclaimed to Mary that she would give birth to the Messiah and name him Jesus. Make way. Jesus comes to all people, but you can only receive him as king if you repent and turn away from your sin. God filled the tabernacle with his glory, but he didn't do so until Moses created sacred space for him. Otherwise, he would have destroyed the whole Israelite camp. God came in the flesh, but he didn't do so until there was a young girl who willingly created sacred space for him in her own body. God himself in Christ came preaching, teaching, and performing signs and wonders, but he didn't do so until John the Baptist created sacred space by calling the people to repentance. So making room for Jesus is the exact same thing as repentance, clearing out the old and making way for the new. You remember the definition of worship? Worship is creating space for God. And the reality is this, we are not ready to worship the Lord unless we have a posture of repentance. We're not ready to receive Jesus unless we repent of our sins. He is a God who wants sacred space because he himself is holy and he intends to make every person he fills holy. Lord Jesus, would you come Make us holy today. Set our hearts ablaze. Refine us. Cleanse us from our iniquities. Lord, if any of us are holding on to things that we would rather have instead of you, Lord, break us. Help us to release it to you. Help us to confess our sins. Jesus, only your blood can provide the forgiveness of sins, not the blood of animals, but your blood shed upon the cross for us. We, we turn to you. We turn away from darkness. We turn toward the light. Come and dwell with us, Jesus.
transform us not only individually, but our families, our communities. Transform our world. Would you come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.